0: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out deep into your retirement or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Damian Lupo. He is the CEO of Total Control Financial based in Texas. Welcome to the show, Damian.
2: Hey, Jordan. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Great to have you. So let's just start with your background. Uh, It's a long history, but just tell us the the basics of it and how that led you to found uh, Total Control Financial.
2: Yeah, my my background started in the late 90s after I left high school and pretended to go down the the typical route into college. And that didn't really work out. I dropped out four times and started opening businesses and, and cutting my teeth in the real world with an insurance agency. And uh, actually, one of the stories, I ended up being uh, almost thrown out of college because I started a bookstore on campus and I was told either to shut down or or you're going to have to be, you're going to have to leave. And I paid for school in three days, so I really didn't want to shut it down. And so I knew that there was some, there was a difference. I wasn't a, a conventional wisdom type of person. It just never really resonated. So after the insurance agency I, I looked out and i saw an opportunity in the real estate world and it was funny because in in insurance i saw the the most uh, the wealthiest and the most successful people and they were making a million plus a year and in my brilliant 20 year old brain a million a year wasn't enough so i decided real estate was the place to go and and went out and and started doing things not knowing what the rules were at 20 years old and started buying real estate, bought a ton of houses, ended up with about 150 houses. And it was about the smartest guy I knew for um, for a while until the weight of the world came down on me in 2008. And I realized how not smart I was and how unbulletproof I was and turned a $20 million portfolio into a negative net, a $5 million net worth. And I had to really reinvent myself and figure out what I was doing because I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just going really fast. And, and I, I spent a number of years really digging into that, getting into figuring out what my values were, figuring out why I was doing what I was doing. Was it just for more money, what it was for? And, and that's where the, the ultimate brainchild of Total Control Financial came in when I started asking the question, what's, what's the bigger mission? What, is it just more houses? Is it more real estate? Is it more money? Is it more consumption? Or is there something else? And, and a number of other things happened over the, the, the few years that it took to rewire myself. And, and then this, this company and, and this mission was, was founded. And it's, it's a completely different game than, than it, I, I was playing 10 years ago. And so that's kind of in a nutshell, that's, that was what I was doing. And, and it, it's what was the precursor for what I'm doing now.
1: So Damien, so tell me what happened in 2008 when you had this $20 million portfolio was it the value of the properties that fell? You had too much leverage? Why did things turn down so severely in 2008 for you?
3: Yeah, Jordan, I, I think I made basically every mistake under the sun. And part of that was when I started, I was just looking at creating more, more of everything. And I was surrounding myself by, with very, very wealthy people that I, I wasn't really checking to see if there was, uh, if there was more to them than, their, than just the money. And so I was emulating and mimicking and I became very wealthy with them. So I ended up with a lot of properties, but fundamentally two things weren't there. The properties fundamentals weren't strong and my ethics and morals weren't really, weren't strong. They were very similar to the people that I'd been hanging out with. And so in 2008 when the market turned down, I didn't have, I, I had a lot of quicksand. I had a lot of things that were super leveraged. And one of the things, one of the huge mistakes I made I was impatient in, in the two thousands. So I was buying these rental properties and instead of letting them naturally grow and rents increase and the value the equity increase, I was harvesting the equity as I went. It was just nonstop. If I if there was twenty, thirty thousand in equity, I would go out and I would sell the equity and I would sell off the chunks and I would sell it for cash flow to somebody that actually wanted to develop cash flow. So a big mistake is I just wasn't I wasn't patient. I wasn't gardening. I was I was just out hunting and killing everything. And it led to a really great lifestyle for a while, a very hedonistic lifestyle. But the problem is I didn't have a foundation that was sustainable. And so in 2008, when the markets crashed, I didn't have anything. I didn't really have a buffer. I had things that were highly leveraged. And I had a team around me that wasn't really supporting a deeper mission or based on strong ethics. It was just a a kill-or-be-killed type of mentality with everybody that was around me.
1: So what are some of the things you learned about that, about dealing with wealthy, successful people, that are some of the lessons you have going forward, other people who may be in that circumstance.
3: Yeah, I think one of the, the things that's important is to look be- below the hood and really to ask the question of who people are. It's not just the, the expensive cars or the big houses or the projection that, that people have, because I had one of those, too. I had the American Express black Card and I had the, the quarter-million-dollar Ferrari. I matched a lot of these people that had those, those type of lifestyle images, but if you looked below the surface, if you asked the questions, and, and people, I didn't really ask those questions to those folks that were around me that I was taking advice from that I was trying to be like. I was just busy looking at the Rob Report, and, and my one of my mentors that is the the $100 million man, he wrote the $100 million book, and I loved his lifestyle, his castle, and so I just wanted to be that guy, and I think people really have to ask the question, what are the ethics and morals that are, that are driving the show under people's hood, and it's It's not just what check can they write. It's not just what are they driving, but who are they as human beings? And we tend to ignore that question because we just want to have the success versus the deep fulfillment and the lasting relationships with people that matter.
1: So what are the ethical lapses you saw, or what are people judging others on ethical grounds? What are some things to watch out for uh, with somebody you shouldn't get involved with?
3: I think one of the things that, that happens is there's this, uh, it 's the ends justify the means type of of viewpoint and and when when people aren 't willing to make a decision to to say no to something when there 's profit on the table we, we get little red flags from people and I remember people got red flags from me and and I saw a lot of red flags from other people. People tend to do things and they the the ways that they act they might be a little bit wonky and it 's going to get worse and it 's going to get worse and so we get we get little indicators that someone's ethics are off. And I think it's it's really when there's a chance for somebody to make money, but it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a fundamentally unethical decision. If you see somebody doing that with a small amount of money or you see somebody doing that outside of business, like, for example, if you see somebody that's cheating on their spouse, the likelihood is they're going to cheat on you and, and they're going to end up pulling you into something that's going to hurt you. People tend to show up how they show up in every place, how they show up in any place. And so that's what we... We need to pay, attention to pay attention to people, how they act everywhere.
1: Is that part of what you teach with Total Control Financial, is uh, dealing with people who are ethical in the first place?
3: Yeah, I mean, and, and really, Jordan, so it, that's what the company was started with. It was started from, from a mission of who we're doing, what we're doing, and then the values that it's based on. And two of the six values are transparency and candor. So everything that we're about, everything that we do, what we charge people, everything that happens – is based on this openness, and with the entire team, the, the uh, 13 people that are on the team right now, they're there because they resonate. They, they embody those, those ethics and those morals, and, and so we, everything is the same, but we don't have to wonder, if some, is one person going to rock this thing? Is it, is it going to break it down? We know that our team is strong and sound, and we were based on, we were built on that, so it's not something that's a mysterious possibility that we're going to get hammered with. We've got the solid team, and you have to start there with the people Otherwise, you've got a cancer just waiting to take over.
1: Indeed. Uh, We're going to take a break right now and come back. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Damien Lupo. Uh, His company is called Total Control Financial, based in Austin, Texas. Uh, You can find out more about what he does at his website, TotalControlFinancial.com. We'll be back after this.
4: The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Damian Lupo. Uh, He is the CEO at Total Control Financial based in Austin, Texas. Website for him, TotalControlFinancial.com. Welcome back to the show, Damian. Thanks, Jordan. So, tell me, what Total Control Financial offers to its clients? Uh, how do you charge? How do you provide your services?
3: Yeah. So, what the company was the company was set up to empower and educate people. So, there's two things that we do. First, we empower people. We help them get off the Wall Street roller coaster. And what that means is people that have all their assets pretty much stuck. In, in mutual funds or things that they can't control, we help, we show them a way and we provide the tool to move those, those funds into their own checkbook. And once they have them there, the next step is figuring out what to do with them and to spend a lot of time educating people around alternative asset investments, things like real estate or precious metals or all, a whole world of things that they never really knew they, they could have um, as an option to invest in, especially their retirement money. Because most people's retirement money is it's just kind of this pile that's sitting over there. Maybe someday they can touch it and do something. And it's just a, a, a hope and pray strategy for for way too many people. So we we actually give people the opt the, the, the control, and it truly is checkbook control where they can invest in things that they want to invest in, that they can control, that they're not getting feed to death on. And and that's really the basis of the company. It was it was a it's a self responsibility philosophy, and that's one of our core values, where we believe people are are smarter and are going to be able to do better than they would be if they just handed their money off. And we don't believe this is, this is something that's just for people that have PhDs or MBAs. We truly believe that, that somebody with an eighth grade education could take control of their money and do very well if they're willing to take control of it and, and take responsibility for it.
1: So actually managing the money. What is the minimum amount that you can take? And uh, are you fee- charging fees based on assets or how, how do you charge your fees?
3: No, we, so many, many of the companies that are, that are out there in the financial industry are, are based on a model called, it's an AUM model, the assets under management, and this is one of the things that we really push back, because we don't think it's right that we make money, and, and so to answer your question, we don't, we don't manage the money, we're just getting people in control of their money to invest the way that they want to, and we, we charge an upfront fee to have that set up, and then we have a flat $300 fee each year to make sure that people are in compliance. It's not 2 or 3% of their money for the rest of their life like it is on Wall Street. It's very, very consistent. It's, it's very predictable. And people aren't getting feed for every transaction they do like they would with, say, a self-directed IRA, which they're going to have a custodian feeding them for everything.
1: And what is the upfront fee to get it all set up? It's $2,000 to get it set up. So what's the minimum amount that it makes sense for people to invest to do that kind of program? Well,
3: so there's two different things that people can do. Uh, one of them is they, they can roll their money from wherever they have it in their old IRAs or their 401ks. If somebody has, say, 10 or 15 or 20 thousand dollars, that's probably enough for them to start making some serious headway, especially, especially if they're looking at things like real estate, because they can use leverage, they can use debt, and, and if they're, if they don't have any money, but they want to start contributing, it's much like an IRA where you get to contribute money and, and you can uh, take a uh, deduction off of your income. It makes sense to do that if you have any type of self-employment income. If you had an extra five or ten thousand, or fifty thousand that you didn't want to pay taxes on, you have the opportunity to defer that with with the the, uh, the vehicle that we create for you. And so, it really, anybody that wants to be active in their investing, this makes sense for them. Whether it's five thousand or five hundred thousand, it would make sense.
1: So, are you recommending that people open a self-directed IRA to be doing all these alternative investments? Is that the basic vehicle
3: you're using? No, in fact, I hate the self-directed IRAs. And the reason I do is because the self-directed IRA has limitations in what you can and can't do. There's custodian involved, which means you have to get approval from somebody else to make decisions. Even if you have checkbook control within an IRA, there's still a custodian overseeing your stuff that's going to charge you fees and is going to potentially say, no, we we don't think that that's okay. And for things like gold and silver, if you wanted to invest in that, you can't take possession, whereas you actually can take possession with what we provide. And what we, we have is, is literally 10 times better. You, you can contribute 10 times as much money and defer 10 times as much in, in what we provide versus the self-directed IRA. So it doesn't really make sense for people to look at a self-directed IRA. The reason that they've heard about them typically is because there's a lot of fees that are, are um, made by these custodians that are setting them up, and so they like it because it's very lucrative for them, just not the client's.
1: So, the major thing that you're proposing is what's called a QRP, which is a qualified retirement plan. And there's also an eQRP, is that right? Kind of electronic version of it. So, maybe define what yeah. a QRP is and the advantages over it, over, say, self directed IRA accounts. De-
3: definitely. The eQRP is the empowered qualified retirement plan. So, if, if we look up QRP, it'll come up as the qualified retirement plan was set up in 1974. So it's been around a long time, and the reason that people don't know about it is because once somebody has the ability of their money in, in their own hands, then the, the industry, the institutions, don't make their fees anymore. So what, what this does is it gives you the ability to go out and, and buy real estate and, and actually uh, control it and be able to write checks for tax liens. And, and so we set up this plan for someone, much like someone's self-directed IRA would be set up, but then they're the actual trustee and the custodian, which means they don't need to get approval from somebody else to make decisions. It's truly for somebody that is that wants to be in control and is totally self-responsible. So they have 10 times as much they can contribute. The protections are 10 times greater than an IRA because of the ERISA laws. And basically what that means is that if somebody's going bankrupt or they get sued, and there's massive amounts of litigation out there, it's like a new wealth system, just sue your way to wealth. You, your, your money is going to be protected inside your qualified retirement plan. That's a major difference over an IRA. IRAs are subject to being pulled and and stripped by a court. So this is a great way to protect that against all the people that are out trying to sue their way to wealth.
1: So it's got an asset protection aspect to it. So why is it that you can contribute 10 times more to a QRP than you can the traditional IRA or Roth IRA or self-directed IRA?
3: For, For whatever reason, when Congress set these things up, they said the limits are going to be X. So with an IRA, you can contribute $5,500. With, with an EQRP, you can contribute $54,000. So, I mean, for whatever reason, those are the rules. And so if you can do 54000 I mean, just for context, if you think about 20 years of contributing to an IRA, you're going to have $100,000 in contributions. That's not really going to do much for you. But with a QRP, you're going to have over a million dollars in contributions. That's a pretty good baseline to go and invest with.
1: And you're investing in a tax-deferred way, or is there kind of a Roth version where it's tax-free?
3: There's actually two. There's two versions. There's two, two ways. And when you set up, when when you set up your plan, you have both options. So you don't have to set up different plans. You actually have the deferred piece and you've got the Roth piece. And if you want to, there is a way to have all of the money end up being Roth, which means if whatever your money grows to, there is no tax when you pull it out. You can build it to $100 million, and it's, there's no tax, that's that's a pretty powerful thing to, when you consider tax rates. Unbe- unbeknownst to most people, they're pretty low considering they were in the 90% bracket in the 50s and for the highest uh, income earners. So we p- we could potentially be going into higher tax uh, rates in the future. So it'd be, it'd be kind of nice to not have to worry about that and and be able to pull your money out down the road without any tax at all. So this can be completely rough if people want it to be.
1: So is this a highly unusual thing for people to find, they can only get one uh, through Total Control Financial, or are these generally available?
3: They can only get the EQRP through Total Control Financial. There are places where people can get different versions of it, because the difference is there's two things. One, the way that the company supports the the plans after they're set up. Sometimes the companies will just set them up and say, good luck, and hope it works out. And And then the way that the plan is written, it's a trust document. And so each of those, uh, each of the plans is written differently. The way that we've written it, the way that we, we set it up, it gives people every possible option, including moving their money all into Roth if they wanted to, including buying real estate, including getting debt on real estate and paying taxes. That's one of the biggest problems with an IRA, because if somebody buys real estate and they use debt, they're actually subject to taxes. Even though they're using a retirement vehicle like an IRA, if they make profits and there's debt involved, They've got to pay taxes at upwards of 40% on all the profits that are attributable to the debt. With, a, with an EQRP, there's no taxes. I mean, that's a massive difference. And it's for that reason alone, it makes sense to set up the EQRP and, and completely bypass an IRA.
1: What is the E, the empowered part? What is, how is the EQRP different than a regular QRP?
3: Well it's 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 really based on, on the, the team and, and what we what we provide for people with the education and giving them every option under under the code, under the internal revenue code, where some of the plans that are set up, most of the 401ks that people will set up or the qualified plans, because most most people have heard of a qualified plan in terms of a 401k. And so when those are set up and people can find them for free at Vanguard or Fidelity, they're not very empowered. They basically say you can invest and you can invest in mutual funds or other financial products that we, we are selling so we can make a fee off of that. Ours is empowered in that you're able to do almost anything you want, whether it's buying tax liens or precious metals or real estate or private equity. I mean, it's, there's a limited list of things that you can't invest in and pretty much anything else you can dream up you can invest in.
1: Now you've done a book on this called The Total Control Financial Guide to the QRP. Um, how can people get that and, and what's the advantage of that book to explain this in more detail?
3: Well, the, the way people can get a copy of that book, it's available on Amazon, and if, if the listeners would like a copy of it, they can, they can go to TotalControlFinancial.com and go to forward slash Jordan, and I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a link there so they can get a free copy, and we'll send it out to them. And the reason that you want that book is because it boils down all of these very complex rules and and the information. If you try to read the tax code, I mean, I've done that, but I'm a little bit weird. And it's, it just, it, it's like, it makes your head spin and your eyes roll back in your head. And this, the book boils it down so you can read it and understand it and really take action. Because if you're confused, a a confused mind really won't act. It won't do anything. And so I did, I spent time with with a tax attorney who's part of our team to spell it out in, in easy to understand uh, writing so people can do something with their money and feel like they have a chance to actually take control and be successful instead of just feeling like it's too complicated.
1: Is this something that most CPAs and financial planners would or would not be familiar with and would be willing to work with?
3: I think a lot of CPAs are familiar with the idea of of retirement accounts like IRAs or four hundred one ks. Most of them are not that familiar with the the EQRP simply because most people in in general the population is doing the traditional uh, wall street type of stuff and so they're not they're not running their own investments most CPAs tend to be in a narrow box and the retirement plan is and that, that whole that code and those laws are very specialized so most CPAs are not going to spend the time and the energy and the brain damage getting super well versed in this kind of stuff there there are some but most most normal CPAs that are out there, this is not something they're going to be very specialized in at all.
1: This is very good. So I have to go to you for it. So, all right, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Damian Lupo. Uh, he is the CEO at Total Control Financial. Uh, the book we just talked about is called The Total Control Financial Guide to the QRP, which is the Qualified Retirement Plan, which, as you heard, is a very flexible way you can invest a lot more in it than other uh, typical IRAs and invest in all kinds of things that other IRAs would not allow you to do with much lower fees. Um, so you can find out more about that. And again, his website, TotalControlFinancial.com. We'll be back after this.
4: stocks bonds investment opportunities financial news and talk we can help call us now toll free 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 voice america
0: business network have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you. Voice America
4: Business Network.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Damian Lupo. He's the CEO at Total Control Financial. His website, TotalControlFinancial.com. Welcome back to the show, Damian. Thanks, Jordan. So um, you are concerned about the stock market, and you think there's going to be an upcoming Wall Street crash, even though it's been doing very well lately. Uh, Why do you think that that's so inevitable?
3: Well, the the reason that this is a certainty, that there is no chance that we don't have this, is because back when, when the 401k system was set up in the early 70s, it was set up to where people had to start taking distributions at a certain age. And because the baby boomers put billions and billions of dollars into the market, they're the ones that are hitting this certain age of 70 and a half where they're required by law to start pulling money out. And when they pull money out, as, we, as most people would, could uh, realize, if, when money's pull, going out of a system, then it starts putting pressure on that system to, to drop. And there's like 10,000 baby boomers a day that are hitting that age where they have to pull money out. And those 10,000 baby boomers are having to pull out an average of about $1,000 each per month. So you start doing the math, and you realize tens of billions of dollars are going to be pulled out systematically every month, and it's only going to get bigger. You realize there's only so much that can be done to counter that, and those 10000 a day started in 2016. So that's going to continue to put more and more pressure on that system, and as it does, it's ultimately going to lead to the markets correcting and crashing.
1: I mean, some would say that a lot of companies have gone private, buying back stock, Uh, takeovers, mergers, and acquisitions, so there's a lot fewer companies out there. I think there's something like 5,500 compared to 9,000 a few years ago. So it's the opposite. There's going to be a shortage of stock, and with the money coming in that people are earning nothing on in CDs and money funds, that the the market has a lot further to go higher. Jeremy Siegel would say something like that. What do you retort to that?
3: I, I think that that's absolutely true, that there's been a ton of private money, and really that's been based on really cheap debt that that these companies like Michael Dell's firm when they went and they, they went private they did that because you can get massive amounts. I mean big big money managers, hedge funds, people not like the folks like us that are that are in these conversations, we don't have access to essentially free money. So yeah, that's is, is that could that be one of the reasons that the markets haven't tanked already? Absolutely. And these these companies, these big Fortune five hundred companies that are still in existence that haven't gone private, are taking a lot of their profits and instead of R and D they're taking a lot of the profits, and they're, just, they're moving money into stock buyback, which is really helpful for the upper echelon, but it doesn't do anything for anybody that's, that, that's in kind of middle class. And, and it's the person that says, I've got this stock, and it's doing well. Not necessarily. It just means that they're pushing the price up, and people that are at the top with lots of options are able to generate a lot of wealth by cashing out those options. So the, the question is, how long can this, this, uh, this spinning plates go on? And that's the million-dollar question. The reality is it's not based on fundamentals. And if it's not, fundamentals have to be in place for something to be long-term sustainable. This is not long-term sustainable. There's too much that will eventually push this thing
1: down. So what do you think is going to be the impact of Trump coming in and becoming president and lowering uh, capital gains and other taxes and lowering regulation and doing infrastructure spending, all the things he's talking about? How will that affect the stock market ultimately?
3: That's, a, that's an excellent question. I, I, I'm excited about the changes that are, are potentially moving this this thing in the right direction. But even Trump, with all of the people that he's got that are not necessarily part of the Beltway, even with him, there's such a big system that I don't know that you can necessarily undo the trillions of dollars that have been put on the Federal Reserve's balance sheet. I don't think that you can necessarily just ignore the bond bubble or the, or the asset bubble that's been created in, in equities and in real estate so is there a good long-term thing? Probably. Is there going to be some short-term pain? I think that's inevitable.
1: Now, one of the alternatives you say people should put money into instead of the stock market is gold and silver. And you did a book called The Quick and Dirty Guide to Gold and Silver. Um, so what is the and gold and silver has not done that well lately and, and since the Trump election. Uh, what is the argument for gold and silver in the current economic environment we're in now?
3: Well, there's a couple of things, Jordan, that, that uh, really make gold and silver look very, very good. And for, for many years, it's, it, it was basically dead, and then it, it, it took this bull run for about 10 years, and it just kind of died the last few years. And gold and silver are really – there's two things. One, they're money, and they're a hedge. And, and two, with silver especially, it's an industrial metal. And so you have to look at what's happening in the world. There's more and more things being made, created. It's going to be consuming this metal. That's always a positive, bullish thing for commodities, especially silver. The, the thing with the money, though, the reason this is so valuable is when people get scared or when things don't, when people realize that things are not quite right, they go, to, they go to safe havens. And right now people are, they don't quite get that there's a problem in the bond market and in the stock market, so the money keeps going there. When people realize that it's not so smart, it's not so safe, and it's in a bubble, they're going to go to something that's safe. And my thinking is that there's no downside to having some type of hedge in gold and silver. And it's possible that gold and silver end up 10 times more than they are today when when the, when, when the curtain gets drawn and, and people see behind what's really going on. There's also a reason that the central banks all over the planet are pushing tons and tons of resources into putting massive amounts of gold on their, on their books, on their balance sheets. And there's a high likelihood because of what China's doing in the BRICS that one of these countries, and we think it's going to be China, is going to end up taking some type of gold-backed uh, nature to their currency. They're going to create that, which is going to shift the U.S. dollar's dominance in the in the world currency market. So when that happens, what does it do to the dollar? probably hurts it, and it makes gold even more powerful.
1: So there are different ways to invest in gold. Would you do physical gold coins and bars, or gold mining shares, or mutual funds, or ETFs? What are the ways... If you
3: want to play gold, uh, is is your favorite way of doing it? I, I love the the real gold and silver. The reason I like that is because it can't be manipulated. I was one of the casualties that invested in in the um, in the funds with John Corzine back when MF Global went bankrupt when they were taking shareholder or or trust money and playing in, in uh, European markets. And what I realized there, even though I I have the Precious Metals Company, I realized that unless you're holding gold and silver. There's nothing real about it. These ETFs that have silver shares or gold shares or mining companies, those have all sorts of counterparty risk. They have all sorts of potential pitfalls that you can't control. They're manipulated. A lot of the places where people buy silver as a share, they don't, there's actually not silver. There's, there's one tenth the amount of silver being sold on paper that's actually in reserve. When you buy gold and silver physically in bars and coins and you're holding it, it's, you're in total control of it. And you don't have to worry about what somebody else does in some market or whether somebody's playing games. And that's one of the huge benefits of of the EQRP, that you're able to buy, with your retirement money, physical gold and silver and have it shipped directly to you and and just keep it so that you don't have to worry about somebody on Wall Street playing some game and taking off with your money.
1: So, okay, so gold and silver, are there other alternative investments that you'd put money into uh, to shield yourself against what you see as a big Wall Street crash coming?
3: Well, I happen to be on the same page with Jim Rogers, who uh, used to work with George Soros and the Quantum Fund. I think he's brilliant. And I, I agree that he when he talks about commodities, I think there's a value there because as the, as the world grows, we're going to continue to consume things. So maybe that's that's land. It could be a whole number of commodities. the The reason that I like metals over other things like oil or corn is one, they're very they're very um, I, I can move with them, and it's a little hard to invest in crude oil. And, and stack it up in your backyard, or corn, unless you've got a big cornfield. So I just like the nature of, of how these things are. I, I can put them in my hands, and I can control them. But in general, I like things that are real, and that's, that's why I focus on gold and silver.
1: What will turn things from the current level of optimism, where the markets are really doing very well, and there's a big surge of optimism as Trump comes in, to the more negative view and the kind of flight to safety that you're talking about?
3: it's one of those black swan events I think that like when we had the nine eleven event or we had the build up in derivatives in 2008 it's these things that we're not not really planning for and it's it's hard to say what that one thing is going to be but you've got a lot you've got a lot of uh, cards that are stacked up it, it really is a house of cards so it could be anything what it is doesn't really matter it's just it's going to be something that triggers it and creates a bit of a spiral down and and so we just need to be prepared for that so that it's not a surprise and when it happens We've got a plan B and not putting everything into that one basket. That's that's why we do the gold and silver. We don't go and invest all of our money into it. We use it as a hedge so that when things do shift, we're not sitting there wondering how we're gonna feed ourselves.
1: So what is the plan B? You own some gold and silver coins, but what else can you do to prepare yourself for the, the downturn you see coming?
3: Well, I like I like I like what Robert Kiyosaki talks about when he says the, the G's the guns the gold the the grub and the ground I mean really truly it's the land it's the real estate it's, people have to live somewhere in terms of thinking about investing it's it's rental type of income it's it's actual food it's I mean truly seriously if if things get that bad it's, what's going to matter is probably being able to protect yourself but in terms of investing it's it's the things you can hold that are real the metals you can trade with the the land that that actually matters that can't be manipulated. I like those things. They're not complex, too. And people come in and they, and they tell me, I'm going to invest in this thing. It's, it's the Iraqi dinar. And I say, what do you know about that? And they say, well, nothing, but it's, it's going to be a great investment. That's the problem. We need to invest in things that we actually understand, not just on the spec and the hype.
1: So what happens when you talk about this to traditional financial planners uh, who want a diversified portfolio and S&P 500 index funds and things like that? Do they think you're being alarmist or kind of how do people react to it when you're, what you're talking about, uh, you know, they, they hear?
3: Well, I think a lot of, a lot of people that are, are in that space where they're financial advisors, they typically are selling things. They're, they want people to be happy with the money being stuck with them so that they maintain their fees. And, and they, one of the things that comes up is I'll hear people say, this is too complicated. People aren't smart enough to invest their own money. And I fundamentally disagree with that. I think that people are smart enough and if they're driven and responsible, then they're going to do a better job than someone that is, that is just selling their company's product. So they do tend to reject it. If anything, what I've heard them say is, okay, that's okay. If you want to play with your money, maybe 10% of it. The rest of it, let me have and I'll manage it. That way I can continue to get my fees. I just don't agree with that model because it's, it's really punting and it's, it's abdicating responsibility. So as a, as a general rule, I believe in people's ability to be responsible and be successful if they're willing to engage.
1: One of the things you talk about in your book, again, called The Quick and Dirty Guide to Gold and Silver, is that the dollar may no longer be the world reserve currency. Are you saying that we're going to bring back a gold standard, or or how would that whole process happen with the dollar, which right now is extremely strong, will no longer become the world reserve currency?
3: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The, The dollar has been very, very strong in recent years, and really what it is, it's the least ugly girl at the dance. I mean, it's, the the currencies worldwide have just been inflated, and so the dollar is, is, is the inflation or the the printing has slowed down compared to every other uh, every other country out there that's printing their 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 currency, and so it's really being used as a hedge right now. The problem is that you've got other countries that are more sound that don't have the type of debt levels that the U.S. does, and eventually, when one of them does something like what we've been talking about with China saying, "Okay, we're going to." We're going to back the yuan with partial gold or, or full gold when that happens it's really harder for the US dollar to be the strong currency anymore because it's just based on the ability to generate tax people and to pay f- to pay for the the interest or all the printing I think that that's inevitable and right now the reason that the dollar is so strong other than the US military is that all of the oil and oil on the planet is traded in dollars when that starts to shift and it is starting to shift then the U.S. is going to have a huge problem in, in maintaining its dominance in the, the currency markets.
1: So explain how that works. So say the dollar is not as dominant. Uh, is oil priced in other currencies? And how would that affect the dollar? Kind of play that out a little bit.
3: So if, if other currencies are starting to trade the dollar, then the dollar isn't going to be as, it's not going to be worth as much. You can't, if, if you have to, if you're forced to trade, if you're forced to buy oil in uh, in yuan or something, then you have to get a hold of yuan And if the dollar starts to breaking down, if it starts to lose its value, then it costs more dollars to get the yuan, which means it becomes a struggle for anybody that has dollars. They start exiting dollars. They want to go to get get other currencies. The more people exit a currency, the more it spirals down. So the moment that, say, China does a deal with an African country and they say, we're going to take the dollars and we're going to trade in yuan, then all of a sudden it takes the U.S. out of the equation where they can't force all of those barrels of oil to be traded in, in dollars, it's a spiral that once started gets very, very dangerous because once, we're, once the do- dollars aren't that valuable, then we have a problem with being able to issue debt because nobody really wants the US treasuries because they don't want the dollars. And when we can't issue the debt, all we're going to be doing is monetizing our, our own debt where the reserve is, is, is pushing money over to the U.S. government, but there's no, actual, there's no actual outside buyer. This becomes a huge problem long-term that most people don't realize.
1: All right. We're warned now. Uh, We're going to take another break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour, Damian Lupo. He is the uh, CEO at Total Control Financial. His website, again, is TotalControlFinancial.com. We'll be back after this.
4: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff.
0: What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need, exactly when you need it, so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel. And learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business.
4: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Damian Lupo. He is the CEO at Total Control Financial based in Austin, Texas. Welcome back to the show, Damian. Thanks, Jordan. So one of the other books you did is called Reinvented Life, uh, How Two Friends Move from Conflict and Pain to Consciousness and Purpose, and How You Can Too. Tell us a little bit about what was involved with that book.
3: Jordan, that book was all about brain damage and a cathartic process of releasing the past. It was it was me shifting from um, my part of the story when when Chris and I wrote this book, was talking about and working through the process of going from a hedonistic I uh, kind of really bad person, if you if you will, to a place where I felt good about myself. And really, what happened is it was it was me asking the question, "What is really true?" And what I realized when I asked that question, and it's a hard question, is I didn't really like the person I was, the way that I was acting, and the drivers that were impacting my behaviors. And so I had to spend a few years working through that and really deeply asking the question, "What is true?" and and then rewiring internally. What I found is that by doing that, I could show up differently based on something that was sound. It wasn't just changing a behavior with the same belief systems. It was really changing the belief systems and then showing up in the world a different way to do good and, and, and create wealth that was sustainable and not just something that I had to pretend or had hide from or live in the shadows with, which I did 10 years ago.
1: So one of the things you wanted to explain is the value in knowing the difference between the pain of regret Versus the pain of discipline. What do you mean by that?
3: Well, it, it, this actually kind of just reminds me of, a, of, a, of an event that happened a few years ago uh, when I was I went up to Alaska and, and I, I'd been playing fairly loose. I'd been playing really hard, just in not really being disciplined about the things that mattered long term and really just enjoying my life, but living very short term uh, in terms of my focus and. I went up there, and, and my dad was really sick. He was, he was coming to the end when he was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and we sat down at the coffee shop, which was our last conversation before he passed away, and he looked at me, and he just, he just said, I had so many things that I wanted to do. And I remember looking at him, and I, I, it, it killed me, and I realized I was, I was feeling regret. I was feeling someone that hadn't done things that, that he wanted to do, and I realized there are so many people that end up getting to the end of their life, and they look back and there's this regret, and there's a choice. And choice is the pain of discipline. And I realized at that point that I was never going to show up in my final days and weeks and have that energy. I was going to look back and say, wow, that was amazing. And all of the discipline that it took to live the life that, that I'm supposed to live was worth it far more than ever being open to the idea of regret.
1: So how do you instill discipline like that? Do you have specific goals and accountability partners? What do you do um, to you know, have, have a life of discipline instead of regret?
3: Well, that's it's a great question. The first thing is to really acknowledge what is true and, 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 and not be unconscious and just kind of walking through life as a zombie. It's really asking what's real. And, and the fastest way to do that is to look at, at our money, our habits, our behaviors, and see what we're really doing. And that, that tends to be really hard for people. And so I'm, I'm always a big fan of having people get coaching and get, getting people's help, having somebody that we respect giving us feedback and saying, here's what I see and inviting somebody to give us that feedback. And once we have that, we can start making different decisions because you can't change a lie. And it's really hard to change a lie if you don't even know what the lie is. So getting, having the accountability of somebody, which is why I love the coaching industry and it's, it's really exploded. There are so many people out there offering to give people honest feedback and then we start doing things differently and then you have the accountability of maintaining that so you can rewire yourself and really instill the discipline with somebody else supporting you on that path
1: one of the things you help people with is after they've failed how to turn things around so you talk about reinventing after failing to be able to release it reimagine the future and rewire from the inside out what do you mean by that and how have you done that in your own life
3: well, part, part of the, the experience of life is, is learning by the mistakes. And the, and the thing we all, most of us remember is, is falling off a bicycle. Once we fell off, we didn't, we didn't say that was the stupidest thing I've ever done. We learned from it. We made a mistake. We had a bloody knee, and we moved on. And with especially with finance and business, there's so much angst and, and fear around making a mistake. And, and if we will just own it, the fact that there's this golden opportunity to grow from it, and if we also realize that there's no saber-toothed tiger waiting around in, the, in the, the, um, the grass, like the rustling grass is not a tiger waiting to eat us, we realize that we can go out there and make mistakes, and the universe is, is wrapping up these, these pieces of wisdom as painful mistakes. And once we go through those, it's like investing. If you go out and you invest and you make a mistake with real money, you realize, okay, that didn't kill me. I can, I can learn from that and do better next time. The biggest mistake is not going out and making mistakes, and that's the fatal one because we never actually have the experience that gives us the wisdom that we can grow from.
1: One of the things you talk about a lot is green and red arrows of wealth. What do you mean by that? What's the difference between a red, a red, and a green arrow? Well, this this is a great thing that happened with with one of the uh,
3: one of my clients a couple of years ago. We were talking about the stock market and. And I realized she was describing the majority of the population's experience when they watch the evening news, they watch Bubble Vision, you know, CNBC or, or, or whatever, and they see at the end of the day that the Dow has done this, and there's this green arrow that, that is up, and so the markets are up. And people look at that, and she said, I felt like I was wealthier, but then I got a little nervous because maybe tomorrow it's going to be a red arrow, and I'll be less wealthy, and the next day when it is a red arrow, I see it, and the markets go down, and because my money's in the markets, I feel poorer. And so it was this crazy roller coaster people are on. And, and then she said, I don't want to be on that roller coaster. And I went, okay, so we want to get the green and red arrows out of your psyche, out of your worldview. So as soon as she moved out of that space of being on the roller coaster, as soon as she left the Wall Street machine and took control of her money, she was able to let that go. And so the next time the market collapsed, I remember asking her, well, so how, how did today go? How did you feel? And she said, What do you mean? And I said, well, the market's crashed. She goes, I don't even care because I'm not on that rock. I don't care what the arrows look like today.
1: And you're doing that because you're doing alternative investments that are not tied to the stock market, real estate and gold and things like that. Is that what you're saying?
3: That's exactly right. Things you control, things that you can influence, things that that you're you're not subject to, whatever the thing out there is is doing, whatever the market's doing, you just don't care anymore. Very good.
1: So in about two minutes we have left, just kind of summarize – What difference it will make for people to live, to work with you at Total Control Financial over what they're doing now with traditional financial planners in the financial industry?
3: A couple of major things. One thing that you're
1: you're going to feel the self-responsibility. You're going to feel that we
3: trust and believe in you more than anybody else that's out there in the financial world. And we're going to set you up to be successful and fulfilled. You're not going to just be set loose and, and hoping that it all works out. And we're really going to set people up for 10x type of returns and 10x thinking it's going to be a very abundant future um, thinking where there's a bigger vision and even though the markets are going to be crazy and things are going to correct we really truly believe that the future is 10 times bigger and you're going to feel that and you're going to be around people that are creating those opportunities that are teaching from that perspective so if you want to be in that perspective if you want to be in that that type of environment this is the perfect place to go
1: very good well appreciate it very much my guest this hour has been Damien Lupo. Uh, He is the CEO at Total Control Financial based in Austin, Texas. Uh, You can find out more at his website, Total Control Financial. And again, his books are Reinvented Life, uh, The Quick and Dirty Guide to Gold and Silver, and The Total Control Financial Guide to the QRP, the Qualified Retirement Plan, which we talked about in more detail. So thanks so much for being a very good guest on The Money Answer Show, Damien. Thank you, Jordan. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now.
0: Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.